Welcome into the Solving for B podcast, where we break down the most important topics in the branding and marketing world. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about branding and politics and break down the role that branding plays in the political process. So settle in and enjoy the latest installment of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Welcome into the Solving for B podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by CEO Bo Bodie. Hey. Uh, Chairman Jonathan Fisher. Hello. And Director of Marketing Communications Laura Puente. Hello. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Um, in today's episode, we're going to discuss the role of branding in politics. Uh, now, what initially drew us to the topic was that a lot of us here, like I'm sure a lot of uh, people out there, were fascinated by the, uh, the 2016 election cycle. Um, and more specifically, uh, the role that branding played. Um, so I, I guess uh, we can start off by asking kind of the simple question, um, it, is branding important in politics? Um, does it play a role? Absolutely. Um, I think throughout uh, our own American history, we've seen it um, you know, play out in terms of the individual and the party. Um, there's a lot of dynamics that we've seen, um, you know, throughout the years, but in this election cycle, particularly, as you mentioned. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. I mean, you, you've always had the elephants and the donkeys. You've always had, um, I like Ikes and, and different kinds of things that people would try to rally around. Um, but this year, it seemed like both parties had a really hard time finding their voice. And when they did find their voice, it was pretty interesting for everyone. I think uh, the Trump uh, came to this market as a savvy brand to begin with. I mean, he's familiar with the luxury brand concept. Um, so I think he employed many of the techniques that right. he's used to in business and politics. So I think, you know, that's where I saw the brand uh, really step up in, in, in its role. This, Yeah, you, you brought up an interesting point about the, the brand... Um, already kind of being established and him kind of trying to play off that brand. Yeah, and I think that helped him even despite kind of the the turmoil within his campaign. I mean, he went through different campaign managers, but I mean, his message stayed the same throughout, and that's... Uh... Well, I think he was pretty true to his brand. I mean, that's what he had been on TV and in the world kind of purporting himself as, you know, this pretty bombastic, loud, you know, proud person. And... He stayed true to that, you know, whether you like it or not. You know, the reality was he was the same and has been the same since. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing that, that I found fascinating or, or interesting as, as we've kind of prepared for this uh, podcast is um, the idea that I think, Bo, you had mentioned that, that branding in politics is, is kind of as old as bra- uh, politics itself. Mm-hmm. Um, can, do you guys have any, any you know, specific examples of that or, or, or you know, um, I guess, evidence or anecdotal uh, evidence of that being the case? Yeah, a couple of things that I, I, I started researching this because I've always kind of re- read up on these kinds of things. Um, you know, one was the kind of the whole I like Ike Eisenhower kind of campaign, which first really kind of brought in, you know, music into, I mean, that was a song that was written by, I can't remember who it was, but I mean, a pretty famous composer at the time that then was put over animation that showed these people kind of marching to a beat and all that kind of stuff. And then I think the second, and this was a really interesting one because, you know, Jackson's coming up right now a lot because of the kind of populist kind of trend. And he was, he, like Jefferson, very in the Jeffersonian style, was a populist. Um, 
you know, he did the old hickory thing where Adams, you know, Quincy Adams in the first election really portrayed him as, as he used the as a negative. And in some of the advertising we looked at when we were doing research, you know, they had type in coffins. You know, this kind of thing has happened, you know, since the beginning of at least, you know, way before our political system started. Yeah, I think the, uh, the role that branding played early on was driven in part because of low literacy rates that were out there. So people needed symbolism. They needed, you know, uh, basic uh, concepts that they could grasp or, you know, wrap their heads around. And so, uh, the, you know, the, the hickory sticks, uh, you know, the, the simple slogans uh, uh, was often driven by need, if, if not, you know. Mm-hmm. Strategy for just you know the concept of brand and unification, right? To, I guess and to give somebody to give them uh, something to to I guess relate to or grasp onto. As, as yeah, I mean I think the simplicity to Jonathan's point. I mean we find it today. There's so much information and so much noise. Everybody's looking for something to grasp that they can take. Whether you're pro or con, you know you're looking for something to run with because there's so much. Yeah. And when somebody hits it so consistently over time. Um, and so clearly and so simply, right. that's, you know, part of the role of establishing a brand. Excellent. And, yeah, so consistently. And something that we've talked about before is how um, Hillary Clinton, you know, we talked about Donald Trump a little bit, but one of the things that um, kind of worked against her was the lack of consistency over time. I mean, she's been around for decades, obviously, in, you know, the, the, the political limelight, but... Um, at this critical point, um, you know, her messages got a little bit uh, fragmented, um, you know, whether that's because of her team or because of her or just because of the other messages that were out there. A lot of um, her core, uh, you know, platforms got lost. Well, it's it's interesting you bring up the uh, the Hillary, you know, component of this because obviously she's a huge part of the 2016 uh, election cycle. Um, but I, I think... You know, with obviously no knowledge, any, you know, grand knowledge of the situation, um, it seems like she was kind of pulled in maybe a few different directions, and that, that, that inconsistency you touched on. Um, it, it, one thing that we've talked about as Brand Extract is that you, you don't own your brand, uh, you manage it, and it seems like that is, is kind of the case here as well. Um, you know, and Hillary kind of maybe fell victim to. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example, whether it's her or anybody, especially now, because there's so many channels on which other people can manage your brand for you. I mean, there's obviously the the media, the traditional media on TV, but then anybody um, can create noise and distraction on social media um, or by having these events that then get publicized. So there's a lot of external influence um, that I think is just going to continue to grow. Yeah, well, I think, and I think thinking about that, I mean, you know, maybe a designer got hold of her a little too early. I mean, when you think of the the concept of forward, that's forward's different for everyone. And I think you know when you look at her identity and her logo, and you look at any doing again any research on why it was created the way it was, you know, that logo had a different symbol. The arrow was in its standards guide was able to put in you know, pictures of the different things she believed in. Well, all of a sudden, after, you know, a long campaign cycle, starts to represent a lot of individual kind of things, but it never represented, you know, again, back to Jonathan's point of simplicity, make America great again, as opposed to forward. 
it's easier to get your head around make America great again as opposed to I think forward. both concepts have ambiguity and they can both be interpreted by what you know your definition of what mm-hmm. makes America great is not you know mine or or Laura's for example mm-hmm. so I think the idea of ambiguity was there I just think that maybe the way the you know the identity was executed and the and the very nature of the mark. I mean, even Trump struggled with his identity. I mean, the first mark he came out with didn't last long at all. I mean, <laughs> it was turned into a meme immediately. Yeah. So, uh, well, but separate, I think that that goes back to, and I don't want to make this a conversation about logos, but I think that goes back to, the, again, it's, it's make America great. It's very direct. Like, it can be different, but it is direct. Forward is such a gray kind of term. Right. It's hard to forward for what? I mean, I'm making America great versus forward. Those are the things that I think people, that was one of the things that the challenges that I think that both campaigns had. It was just one was, one was a little, I believe, a little easier to get your head around, um, which then, you know, when a leader in any kind of organization shares a vision, they have to be clear and it's got to be something that people can relate to. Again, they're all going to relate to it differently, but if it's, Confusing in any way, it's harder to get other people. Accepted. Yeah, I think that I think they they went too far with it. Yeah, yeah. agreed. So I, I I agree. Excellent. Um, so uh, one thing I mean, we talk we, we're talking a lot about um, individuals and their political brands, but uh, one thing I found interesting as well is is the political parties and how they've kind of branded themselves. Um, Bo, earlier uh, in preparation, we were talking a little bit about. Um, just like the symbols for each party and what they represent. And, and I think um, oftentimes we can look at them as just the elephant and the donkey, but there's there's a reason for, for those. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, maybe a little bit of history about that or, or what those represent? Yeah, I mean, separate, probably less history because it's really hard to find you know, definitively why. Um, but I think we all look at things and we make judgments. I mean, we're trying to take that out of a lot of what's going on, but, you know, we all stereotype. We all look at something and we go, oh, that means this. Right. Um, I, I'll look at an elephant, I might be positive, and somebody will look at an elephant and be negative. I'll look at a donkey and think one thing, and somebody will look at a donkey and think another. Um, I think what happens is you almost have to be true. And one of the, one of the examples we talked about um, was, you know, Republicans are typically seen as, you know, the war guys, the budget-conscious people, the, you know, fiscal responsibility kind of whatever, and Democrats are typically seen as more socially aware, uh, more into the population, more populist, to be quite frank, historically. Um, and so this was one of the most amazing things to me when it comes to that, because you've got the elephant that's kind of slow and plodding, and you've got the donkey, both of them working hard, but, you know, donkey's the workhorse, right? The common people, the common man. Um, this election cycle turned that on its head. And in the past, that's bitten, you know, when Nixon tried to be friendly, he was a Republican and Republicans weren't friendly. When Dukakis tried to be in a war and put himself in a tank, it just didn't fit um, the perception of what somebody had. And so this election was really interesting in that you had a Republican take a populist tone and it work. You know, why is that? It, but those symbols and that kind of history kind of plays into what we think about things, even though someone may have a different message. Um, and so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. I think the, uh, the if you go back to the origins of the symbolism, which I think it came from the political cartoons, mm-hmm. 
of, of its days, right? And it was designed as uh, not a positive, but as a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or uh, you know, uh, the, the, the jackass or donkey, <laughs> you know, right. at its time. So um, the, the role that the symbolism has played, and it, it, I think it speaks back to the fact that we talk about you don't own a brand new management, right? So it, it, here we, the, these parties have adopted something that was given to them as best, you know, to manage the process that they can. So it, it's kind of, you know, they're, they're taking, they're trying to take control of the symbolism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Would you say it's ass backward? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, but that's that's a really interesting point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to yeah. So they're they're you know, yeah. Jackson's called you know jackass, and so yeah. Yeah. so then you know then it becomes then it becomes something, something that's managed, right? Yeah. 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 Going forward, so. I think that's a, a great example of um, of the idea that. Like you were mentioning that you don't, you know, you're kind of given your brand, not given, but it is, it's authentic to what you are. Um, you know, whether you like it or not, you, you're authentic to, it's authentic to what you are so that um, now it's up to you what to do with it. So, yeah, well, you. Trump managed his brand. I mean, there's no doubt about it. he did a really good job of managing the brand that he wanted to manage. He managed, you know, the Trump's name for its luxury. He managed his, his you know, I'm not, I'm not a politician you know, mm-hmm. for his independence, uh, anti-politician, you know, uh, role he, he managed, uh, you know, very specifically those components within his campaign, his rhetoric, you know. Well, and, and that, that actually brings up a, a great point. I think, you know, the, the, the reason for, or, you know, uh, a potential reason for, you know, people had gotten so tired of Washington being, you know, stagnant, and they, you know, it seems like they're up on the hill just fighting all the time. And Trump can then come in, tap into that, and say, "I'm, I'm, I'm not a part of this whole system." Um, so he kind of, it, it's, I think it's a point. Um, I think it's an, an example of um, uh, Trump taking his brand and man, not manipulating it, but but putting himself in the best position to succeed based on the outside environment. Right. Well, but it, you, and you kind of paused on the word manipulating. Right. That's what they're doing. Now, we can use manipulation for good or bad, but that, you know, a brand is a perception. You know, it's not real. Reality is how you act. Now, you can purport yourself and manipulate people or messages to be honest and true to who you are, and I think that that's one of the things that happened. I think Hillary Clinton was very true to who she was. I think she was, but it was because of maybe the way they wanted her to manage the brand, it became a lot of different things. And you, you see the introduction of Bernie Sanders in a different part of the party. You know, she had to play to something that I, I don't believe that she was fit to play to, and it didn't look like it fit. It may have fit perfectly, but it didn't look like it fit. And so that's, that's something that I think, you know, whereas Trump was Trump. <laughs> I think you know, Trump capitalized on the frustration that were in Washington at the time. People were frustrated on both sides of the party. And, you know, you had Clinton representing another dynasty, you know, like the Bushes. And so I think Trump was the anti-politician, you know, choice. And I think he used that to his advantage. Yeah. But how that, I mean, I think Laura talked about how that affects him moving forward and what he delivers and does is a big portion of the conversation over time. Um, But, I mean, those are things I think we can talk about a little bit here today, too. But... I think, I think Jonathan's absolutely right. Separate brand, both candidates tapped into different things. It was just 
one group tapped into a set of states that worked better. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting to watch that play out. Um, just the contradictions in this. I know, and it, going back to, you know, what you were setting up, the, the success, like what determines success in, in, you know, the political branding realm I mean, you could say, on one hand, success is determined by winning, um, but Trump didn't even win the popular vote, so so right. how does that fit? Um, or a success being able to uh, deliver on your promises? Um, is it about having a consistent message, um, regardless of you know being able to manage the external influences that might make it impossible for you to deliver on those promises? Um, or is it a legacy that you know generations later you're still known and known for what? So. Yeah, and I, I think know. that that's going to be, yeah, I mean, we, it's been kind of funny talking about this because we're all kind of walking on pins and needles, you know, trying to be careful. But the, the reality was this whole election cycle tapped into something, you know, either people that were afraid or, you know, getting different people fired up. People are more emotional and they're more bought in. You know, that's in that when with branding, when you make a promise... And when you make it so profoundly, you better deliver on it, no matter how good or bad it works. Now, I think with politics, people have really short memories. Um, we were talking a little bit about that as our, in our prep, too, that you know a lot of leaders set out to do something, and then they find reality, and reality doesn't fit with what they were trying to do, or they understand better what needs to happen. You know, time will tell, but I do believe that uh, the Trump brand... Um, put itself in great jeopardy by being so strong about what was going to happen. Now, that conviction helped in the election. Mm-hmm. Will that conviction help moving forward? You, know, you want a leader, somebody that's confident, definitive about what they're going to do, but you also want a leader, somebody that gets what, done what they want done. I think Trump's, I think during Trump's campaign, he made a lot of contradictory statements and also pissed off a lot of people. And I think that the one thing he was consistent with, which was pissing off people and making contradictory statements. Mm-hmm. I think the problem you have now in, in, in governing is you can't run the country the same way, right, that you run a campaign. And so you'll have to adjust his brand and sure. you'll have to adjust his, you know, his strategies to succeed, I think. Sure, and it seems like, you know, the success, you know, if you define success as winning the election, it seems like the success may, you know, you know, winning the election, that now there's a second act of having to, to govern and how, you know, how are you going to do that successfully to maintain your political brand? So Well, but that it goes the same way that, you know, we work with leaders all the time in companies, you know, new leadership comes in, you know, they have a vision for where they want to take the company. They were hired to do something. They say it's going to be this, and then they get in and they start working and they see what reality really looks like, you know, no matter their tone or whatever. I mean, they're, you know, they talk about complexity, you know, the businesses that are, our clients work in are really complex. And so when they come in with their new vision or where they're headed, they've got to deliver on something. It may not look at all like what they thought it was going to look like. But to to Laura's point, how they deliver the message is a big part of how people will perceive them and whether people will give them a break if it doesn't work out exactly the right way. So that's that's a big part of branding too is you got to, you know, people have to trust you. Um, and trust is beyond just thinking you'll do something. It's believing it's going to work. 
Excellent. Well, I think this topic is so big that uh, we could spend, you know, hours discussing all the nuances and all the, uh, the you know, the intricacies of, of political branding. But I think this is a good stopping point for, for today. Uh, so I want to thank Bo and Jonathan and Laura for joining us today. Uh, and a big thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, we want to remind you that if you found this episode to be insightful, uh, that you can check out our other episodes and also be on the lookout for new episodes every few weeks. Uh, you can also check out brandextract.com for even more branding insights. So uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Solving for B podcast with Brand Extract. <laughs>